do not represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening, and have a dope day! Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What With Kay Say. I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? All is well in Jesus' name. And I hope that all of you got the chance to enjoy the last taste of summer that we are having. In days ago, when I think about it, We would call this kind of weather an Indian summer. But since we are now mindful of the words and terms that represent and disrespect other groups, and in this case, Native Americans 
we no longer use the phrase Indian summer. It's now called second summer. So for those of you who don't understand what a second summer is, it's a period of dry, unseasonably warm weather in late October or November in central and eastern United States. So we've been having unusually warm weather for this time of the year for us. But lo and behold, by next week, it's going to go back to normal temperatures. So enjoy this time while you can. So weather like this has always been so beautiful and pleasant, right? And when you're not, when you're young, you don't really appreciate times like this. Because when I think back in my youth, and I say this like I'm so old, right? But when I think back to when in the younger version of me, this time of the year, it would happen, but I never really paid any attention to it. I just saw it as a way to wear different, you know, lighter clothing than what we had been wearing the previous week or two. Because we get so caught up in everything that's going on in life that we don't really take the time to recognize the blessings that we have in our lives. And it's not until like now that I've learned to slow down, even though I'm taking care of my daily routines, but slow down and really just enjoy every day and what it brings. And that's good or bad. I reflect upon the unpleasant situations as well as the great experiences, right? Because when you do that, I'm finding that that's what makes life fulfilling. That's what makes your life feel full. And have you ever heard, you know, older people say, oh, I had, you know, I had such a full life. But sometimes it's not because they were running around and doing a thousand and one things. Sometimes it's because they took the time to enjoy every minute or every moment they were present in that moment. So they, they absorbed it. So when you absorb the moment that you're in, it fills your life. Instead of most of us rushing around and trying to get to someplace only to, to get there, when we finally do get there, we're not satisfied. Right? So it's just something to think about on this Sunday morning. You can still do what you need to do, but still enjoy the time while you're doing it. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that those who are doing nothing all day are enjoying their lives more than we're enjoying our lives, those of us who are running around, because there's a balance. You have to have a balance. Sitting around all day doing absolutely nothing, that's not giving you a full life. You have to have a balance of the two, taking care of what you have to take care of, your responsibilities, plus being in the moment and enjoying what God has given to you for that day. And so that's what we should all do. Take the time, just enjoy the moment that you're in, still taking care of what you need to take care of, and that will give you a full a feeling of having a full life. 
So now they're running the marathon today. And to some of the runners, the weather is ideal. And to others, not so much. It just depends on what type of weather you train in, right? When you're training for this marathon. And you know, when it's marathon time, it's what? Da-da-da-da! Election time. And today, we're going to speak about the upcoming elections, but we're going to look at it from thus saith the Lord. What God has to say about elections and government. So today's topic is titled, God Said, Give Them a King. And our text is going to come from 1 Samuel 8, 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So to those of you who aren't familiar with 1 Samuel 8, I'm going to summarize the story. But you can read it on your own because it's better when you read everything on your own so you get the full understanding of what's going on. So now Samuel was the prophet, right? And as you know, the prophets are the ones that tell the people what thus saith the Lord. But the people didn't want to hear from the Lord. They wanted a king. So they could appear like other nations. Now, here's a sidebar just from that part of the story. And that part of the story I could take and do a whole nother show. But I'm just going to give you another sidebar with that. That is a story within a story. Because when you think about it, don't we always try to fit into appear like we're like others? When God has singled us out, blessed us, taken care of us to the point where others are looking and wondering how we're surviving after everything that we have gone through. And until we truly understand our blessings, it's hard for us to accept that we can't blend in. We're supposed to stand out. Because we are a peculiar people. And that's a lesson right there in itself. So because when I read that and that jumped out at me, I said, ooh, I'm going to do, I'm going to continue with talking about the government and the election. But that right there is, a, that's a whole nother chunk of juicy, meaty information that I'm going to talk about on another show. So back to the original story. So God told Samuel to warn the people exactly what they were asking for. And Samuel did. He broke it down. He told them what would come, what would come from them asking for a king. But the people still insisted they wanted a king. And Samuel got angry because he was looking at it as they were rejecting him because he was the one that was going to the people, giving them the messages from God. So if you now want a king, that means you don't want me to speak to you anymore. So Samuel was getting, you know, caught up in his feelings. But as God always has to show us, even though people come at you because of the message that you're giving to others from him, It's not you that they're rejecting. It's God that they're rejecting. 
So God had to tell Samuel, don't worry about it. They're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me because you're my messenger. They didn't want God to govern them anymore. So God told Samuel, give them what they want. Give them a king. And hence, that's when they got Saul. So now, here we see that God was governing governing his people, giving them the right way, the wrong way, teaching them in the ways that he wanted them to go. And let's think about it. When America was first founded, it was founded on the principles of God, right? Following everything that they had learned and practicing putting it into practice what they were taught concerning the ways of the Lord. And look how far we have strayed from it since then. But now here, 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by every but that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. So here you see in 1 Peter, when God said to Samuel, give them a king, he then laid down instructions of how you were to handle yourself under this new governing power that you asked for. And the Message Bible breaks it down even better. The Message Bible here, 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's, it is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. Now, I give a pause there because when you hear those words, think about everything that has evolved in our government since 
2016? Think about it. When you think about it, look how everything has changed in our country. And we won't even say it's 2016. Let's go back to 2000. Let's just just think about all the think of all the elections that you can possibly remember and just look how the country has progressed to where it is now. And I'm talking about whatever state you're in. It doesn't have to be New York. Any state that you've been in, look at the general, you know, look at the presidential elections, look at the the presidents that we've had, look how things have evolved, then look at your own local governments, your own governors, your own senators that you sent to Congress to represent you. Look at your own state legislations, the legislators. Look at the legislations that they've put forth that has changed the face and the shape of the place where you are presently living. Look at the evolution and compare it to what first Peter was telling us what God had put forth. Make your master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect authority. Right? And the reason why you do this is because by your doing good, you cure the ignorance of fools. In other words, they're not going to learn if they don't see an example. They're not going to learn. If you never show or teach someone how they should behave, how they should respond, how they should deal with situations, they're going to deal with it in the way that they can relate to. And if you're ignorant, as God said here in his word, you're going to act like a fool. So we're supposed to submit and do the right thing. Still being, still being governed, because remember, all this came into place because the people wanted a king. So when you have a king, you have to deal with what comes from the ruling head that's over you. But even in that, even in that, God says, you can still follow what I told you to do. You can still follow what I told you to do, even in being subjected by the powers that be. So here in Romans 13, 1 to 5, he says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will Bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Then do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, 
be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who protects, who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So here he is saying again, God is saying, I put those rulers over you. You asked for a king because I was governing you, but you didn't want to hear from me. So I put the people you now have governing you. I put them in place. I put those people in place. And I want to see if you're still going to obey the fact that you now have to obey them because you asked for them and they're giving you what I already warned you that they would be giving you, but that's what you wanted. So now you still have to, you still have to be subject to every authority. And that's because God put them in place. So he put them in place to when you do good, you'll get praise. When you do bad, they're not going to spare the sword. You're going to incur the wrath of what happens when you don't follow the rules. Right? So they're saying, if you want to be on good terms with the government, then be a responsible citizen. And you'll be fine. Because the government is actually working to your advantage. But when you start breaking rules, then watch out. Right? Because everybody that's in authority, they're there to keep order. But, but, we know that God is in control regardless of what's happening. Because we always know that God is in control, right? And if we truly believe that God is in control, then he's governing what's happening in our society. So now I don't want to I don't want to take this to the part where people are saying, oh, so you're telling me that God supported the insurrection and he condones everything that's happening in the world today. Well. Yes and no. There's two parts to that. There's two there's two answers to that question. First of all, if you know God, God never condones bad behavior. So that right there answers your question. He never condones bad behavior. And he said it when from the previous, the previous passages that I read, you can see what he said. He didn't condone bad behavior, but he still said you're subjected to who you have ruling over you. So you had to do according to what they say. He doesn't condone bad behavior, but... Because we know God does everything in decency and order, if your bad behavior benefits the plan that he already has in place, well, then so be it. Because when you think about it, he will take everything. And we talked about this weeks ago because he could take everything and turn it for his good. He could turn it for your good. For his purpose. Remember, it's always when he's turning the bad for good, it's always for his purpose. Even in your life, when he's turning your bad to good, it's still for his purpose. Even though it might benefit you, it 
ultimately is always for his purpose. So when you look at it like that, whatever is happening, be it chaos, helter skelter, the insurrection, this one doing this, this one saying that, this one acting like this, this one doing that, all of it, God is going to take it, turn that into good for his purpose. Okay, so now somebody wants to play loud music while I'm in the studio here. Here we go. We're going to not, we're not going to listen to that because like I said, right? God is in control of everything and he's going to turn it for good for his purpose. Now, all this I've been giving you, all this information that I've just given you is so that you can make the right choices when you go to the polls on Tuesday. Make sure that you're following what God says about being a good citizen. And like what I always tell you, when you go to vote, you can't just vote what's going to what's going to make your household happy because your household is not the only the only people living in the world, in the city, on your block, in your neighborhood. It's not all about your household. Yes, your household matters. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's household matters. But when you're making that decision, vote not only what's going to help your household, but everybody's household overall. We have, to, we have to do it as being good citizens, following authority, and we'll be okay. He said it. He said it in his word. I just read the passages. But when you disobey authority... You're disobeying God. And we all know God loves order. So when you are living in decency and order, God's got you. When you're voting with your conscious mind in decency and order, God's got you. Regardless of who's in office. Regardless of who's in office. Because what the word told us is, God has appointed those people that's in office. And if, like I said, if what's happening now is ultimately going to get to the point where it's serving God's purpose, there you have it. So with that, I say it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. I'm walking circles around you, afraid of coming in close, afraid that you'll see right through me and my truest self be exposed.
you're going through, I know that you can stand, for your life is in, in his hands, listen,
all in my spirit right now, I feel it. No matter what may come my way. Thank you, Jesus. No matter what you're going through, His grace and mercy do it for you. He loves you. I know He does.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in today's Op-Ed, continuing with what we were talking about in the elections for the first part, some are entering into this midterm elections and most of the commentators are stating that this election will determine the state of the country's democracy. But can I tell you something? There are outside outlets that are saying that there are alliances being formed that could affect the dismantling of Western ideology. Hmm. Let's look into this. BRICS which is an acronym for the Emerging Economies of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. According to Business Standard e-paper, BRICS brings together five of the largest developing countries in the world, representing 41% of the global population, which is probably about 3.2 billion. 26% of the global gross domestic product, which is about 51.9 trillion. And 4.6 trillion in combined foreign reserves. Now, these numbers were as of 2018. And if you don't know what GDP stands for, the gross domestic product, it's a helpful tool to evaluate the health of a country's economy. So when you hear them talk about gross domestic product here in America, and that's why, you know, inflation and recession happens because maybe our numbers aren't where they need to be to see how healthy our economy is, just think about These countries, one, two, three, four, five countries combining not only their resources, but their people and their economic stability of their countries, they're combining them all together to create a pact. Now, Bangladesh, Egypt, and the United Arab Emirates Emirates and Uruguay. Now they're members of that. They, the BRICS have a new development bank. Those countries that I just named, they put their funds into this new development bank. And now when Saudi Arabia had announced that they were going to cut production of oil, which would raise our gas prices and Biden had made the statement that there was going to be repercussions for doing that, Saudi Arabia reached out to BRICS and asked them, could they join the alliance? So now, and now one other thing, one other thing, which is very important, the literacy rate in these countries is over 94%. So think about this. You have all these countries are controlling 24% of the global domestic product. 
and more countries are being added, right? So it would seem that these countries are having an issue with the U.S., the U.S. economy, and the U.S. dollar. So they're, form, they're coming together because they know that they can't battle us individually. But what do we always say? There's unity in numbers, right? You can't fight a battle on your own, but if you have power numbers behind you, it's easier to fight a battle, right? So it's just something to think about. I'm not saying that this is actually, that's what they're, they're planning when they, they get together, like, oh, we're going to take over the United States. No, but just think about it. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now Saudi Arabia wants to be a part of the group. And we're worrying about the loss of democracy with this election. So America needs to keep its eye not only on what's going on inside, but because we've gotten so raw with each other here inside, we can't even pay attention to what's happening outside and what people are looking at us and thinking about and doing while we're battling each other here inside. Just something for us to think about. And now on another note, and I know I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I have to say something about this because this is, this is really, this is the part that made me want to say something about it. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving and the Nets. Now, he posted something on Twitter. I didn't know what he posted on Twitter because I don't follow basketball. So whatever they do, I could care less. I've, I like football. But his name has been up, up, up in the news all the time. That's all you hear. That's all you hear. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving. He posted something on Twitter. I, being curious, said, what did he post that's getting everybody so up in arms? He posted the title of a movie and told people to watch it. Okay. That in and of itself, you'd be like, all right, so he told people to watch a movie. What's the big deal? They're saying it's anti-Semitic. The movie, they're saying the movie is anti-Semitic. It has lies in it against Jewish people and that he shouldn't be promoting the movie. Okay, I can understand that. You're saying, okay, in a roundabout way, it could, it could appear that he's promoting anti-Semitism. It could appear that way. He didn't, he didn't produce the movie. He didn't write the movie. He just told people to watch the movie. Now, and you've seen that now he's been banned from five games and they fined him $500,000 and the Nets have to pay $500,000. And, okay, you would think that after that suspension and they took money from him because he's not being paid while he's suspended, so he lost money there. Now he's lost an endorsement from somebody, so he's lost money there. And he has to pay $500,000. And he took down the tweet. Okay, so you would think that would be enough, right? I heard on the news this morning, and this is what makes me bring up the subject, because ordinarily, like I said, you know, I wouldn't mention it. But this is what makes me bring up this subject. They are now asking that in order for him to return to the NBA, okay, in order for him to return to the NBA, he must meet with the media, issue a verbal apology that clearly states he's sorry for sharing the film and understands 
and understands that the film is harmful and untrue. So let me just stick there with that. He already took it down and he said he has, you know, he, you know, I don't have anything against anybody. I don't spread hate, blah, blah, blah. That's what he said. But that's not enough. They want him to verbally say, I'm sorry for sharing the film and that he has to denounce the film as harmful and untrue. So now, here's my question. Now, I'm not saying whether the film is harmful or not. I haven't seen it. But how are you going to tell someone that they have to say that they don't believe something that they believe? You want the man to... Now, if he watched the film, now he hasn't said whether he watched the film or not either. But if he watched the film and he believes it to be true... You now want him to stand up and say he doesn't believe the film is true? Then, in addition, wait, it gets better. He must follow and complete sensitivity trainings determined by the team, which makes sense. Okay, you want everybody to take these sensitivity classes so that they're mindful of what is harmful to other people. But also, he has to meet with the Jewish leaders of the Brooklyn community. And finally, it gets better. If he meets all the requirements that the Nets have put forth. Now, that means that somebody else is on another board determining if he did it good enough. See, this is what got me into getting involved in this. The fact that they said, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. That in and of itself, okay, if that's what y'all want to do with him, that's your league Your league does whatever it wants to do. That's your own rules. Fine. But when it came to the part where it says, if he meets their demands, that means, like I said, there's a board that's there, that even if he gets before the public and says, you know what, I apologize for posting that, for posting that film and telling people to watch it. If I'm on the board and I say, you know what, (laughs) that apology wasn't heartfelt enough. I don't think he satisfied the requirements. Oh, really? Oh, really? So now we're, now we're here with this. How do you know when somebody's apology is sincere or not? So now you're going to have a board that's going to govern whether his apology was sincere. And this is what's making me get involved with saying, what, what is this really about? What is this really about? Is it about the fact that he posts the film and told people to watch it? Even though, like I said, he didn't produce it. He didn't write it. The film was made years ago. He just told people to watch it. Okay, so it's anti-Semitic. They feel it's anti-Semitic. Like I said, I haven't watched the film, so I don't know. I want to know what the film says. But, But now all these other things, and he now has to meet with Jewish leaders. What does him meeting with Jewish leaders, what is that going to accomplish? I'm just asking. What is that going to accomplish? And it makes me think, okay, so when something is said disparaging against someone that's Asian, do they then make everyone sit down and talk to the Asian leaders in, in in New York City? I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. What is what is really the motive behind all of this? This is all I'm asking. And hey, for all I know, they might say, oh, what is she doing? What is she doing talking about this? I'm talking about it because it's public knowledge. It's on the news. This is what's on the news. That this is what 
they want him to do. And the part, like I said, what they asked him to do, that in and of itself, that's their league. That's what they do. That's their business. But the fact that when it said, if he meets, so who's to say what qualifies meeting the demands? That's the part I have a problem with. And what I want you to do is I want you to drop me a line in what would K say at gmail.com. And I want to know your thoughts on this. I want to know your thoughts on how this is really being handled and how this is all being played out. And what ramifications does this mean for others going forward? Because we have had people that have said far worse things that had literally said things, whereas he just posted a, a film not really saying anything. But like, you know, when I when I commentated on last, you know, two years ago about a film that had to do with the Ku Klux Klan. I talked about that film. I didn't tell you. I told you guys to watch it just to see everything that was going on in the atmosphere of America. But it was a film that was made. I wasn't promoting anything. I wasn't promoting anything. So it's almost like you can't say anything anymore. But I want your, I want your opinion on that. And with that, that ends op-ed. So now, the word of the month, disparity, which means unnoticeable and unusual significant difference or dissimilarity. Is what's happening disparity? disparaging if what's happening with Kyrie Irving right now disparaging given the climate of everything else that has happened and how it has been handled I want to know and our promise for this week is coming from Psalm 25 and 8 and I'm coming from the message with this one the message Bible God is fair and just he corrects the misdirected sends them in the right direction. And with that, I say everyone have a beautiful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy this wonderful weather. And until we get together again next week, peace. Yeah.